politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. All right, Biden is uh, answering questions. He began with a long speech, but I don't want to bore you with that. And now he's taking some questions. The first question from the press was, did you over-promise on your agenda? On your agenda. Did you over-promise? He says, no. Everything's going great. Everything's going swimmingly. Inflation's up. Jobs are down. COVID numbers are up. <laughs> but uh, let's go to the press conference live, shall we? And you can hear what the president is saying. Hope you're having a great day today as I bring you this uh, live press conference. And uh, don't know if he'll actually say anything worth taking live today but you know look hey this is kind of this is kind of fun right i mean i tell you one thing he did scold uh scold schools for taking money and not putting the money into good use to keep classrooms safe so there we go here let's see pummeled and beaten and it wasn't until after out of office and that next campaign when uh that off year campaign and uh, I went into a whole, I wasn't in office anymore, we went a whole bunch of districts campaigning for Democrats and Republican districts who said they wanted to do away with, with uh, health care, with Obamacare. And I started pointing out that if you did that, pre-existing conditions would no longer be covered. And they said, huh? We didn't know that. We didn't know that. And guess what? We won over 38 seats because we had explained to the people exactly what in fact, had passed. Now, one of the things that I remember saying, and I'll end this. He's living in the glory days saying to This is one question Obama when he passed this the Affordable Care Act. This is like a five-minute answer. I'm glad I, I said, you ought to take a victory you. lap. And he said, there's he so many things going on. You don't have time to take remember it. Remember that? He said that was a big effing deal at the time. No one knew what the detail of the legislation By the way, uh, as he's they rambling about this, the um, CDC came out with a study today saying that natural immunity is better than uh, vaccine immunity. And... The booster does not stop the Omicron variant. That's what they also said today, unfortunately, coming out with that study. The booster does not stop Omicron, which we kind of knew anyway. But uh, Biden also talked a lot about COVID in his speech. Come on, I know you're all tired of it. Well, he was going to shut it down. Remember, that's what he said. He was going to shut it down. This is still just one answer to a question. He's just rambling here. Oh, man. Jim Clyburn. Who was a he's just, I think what he's doing is he's just eating up the clock. Carolina. This is, he's only and taking one question Jim so far. It's 20 minutes into this thing. Endorsed me. This is, this is, this is called leading up the clock. The last couple of days of, of Jim. And it said that we want to make things accessible and affordable for all Americans. That's health care. That's education. That's prescription drugs. I might, I might put on yellow. That's making sure you have access. Much, this is not that access. exciting. All the Access. things that everybody else has. Come on, take another question already. Let's we go. Af- we can't afford not to do it. Come on. So I tell my Republican friends, here I come. This is going to be about what are you for? What are you for? You can't even get the Democrats on board with what we're for. Um, uh, Mary Bruce, uh, ABC. Okay, Mary, let's do this. You mentioned your Republican colleagues, but right now your top two legislative priorities, your social spending package and voting rights legislation are stalled, blocked by your own party. That's right, After Democrats. months of negotiation. Yes, correct. You are only guaranteed control of Washington for one more year before the midterms. Do you need to be more realistic and scale down these priorities in order to get something passed? Mm. No, I don't think so. When you say more realistic, I think it's extremely realistic to say to people, 
because let me back up. You all really know the politics of this country and your networks and others. You spend a lot of time, which I'm glad you do, holding this data, determining where they what the American people's attitudes are, et cetera. But let me let me jump in here for a second. He can't get Democrats on board with his agenda. He can't even win his own party. That's the problem right now. Biden cannot bring the Democrat Party together. And he wants to blame it on Republicans for standing in his way. The Republicans are not even standing in his way. They don't even have to. Democrats are the ones standing in his way. Two of them, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. And I don't know how many others are just not coming out front like they are because they can afford to do it. They're in swing states and actually helps them to do it. But how many other Democrats feel exactly the way they do? And you have these progressive kook wing of the party. It's running things in the House. Make the contrast as clear as we can. All right. And one of the things that I think is we're going to have to do is just make the case. I don't think there's anything unrealistic about what we're asking. I'm not trying to, I'm not asking for castles in the sky. I'm asking for practical things the American people have been asking for for a long time. I'd rather have a castle in the sky, wouldn't you? I'd rather have a castle in the sky and I'd live on the castle in the sky. You're not going to scale down any of these priorities. But so far, that strategy isn't working. You haven't been able to get some of these big legislative ticket well, items two done. real big ones done, bigger than any president has ever gotten in the first year. But currently, Mr. President, <laughs> your spending package, voting rights legislation, they're not going anywhere. So That's true. Is there anything that you are That's confident true. you can get signed into law before the midterm elections? Yes, I'm confident we can get... Uh, pieces, big chunks of the uh, Build Back Better law signed into law. And I'm confident that we can take the case to the American people that the people they should be voting for who are going to oversee whether elections, in fact, are legit or not, should not be those who are being put up by the Republicans to to determine that they're going to be able to change the outcome of the election. So whether or not we can actually get an election. And by the way, I haven't given up. We haven't inflation yet on what's going on 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 the uh, um, on voting rights and the John Lewis bill and others. But, uh, you know, what it is he, he, he still, he goes to the playbook of blaming Republicans. And this is what Biden does, right? He goes to the playbook of blaming Republicans, but it's his own party that he can't get through. Now, Republicans wouldn't help him either. Let's not make a mistake on this, but they've got control of the house. They got control of the Senate. His agenda is stuck, stuck in the mud here. And it's not going anywhere. And why is that? Because the two States that are swing States, West Virginia and Arizona, the people there don't want these things. But instead of him pivoting, you notice what he's not doing right now? What Biden is not doing is he's not saying, you know what? I've heard the American people. I've heard the American people. I'm going to start working on with both sides. I promise I'm going to be bipartisan. I'm going to start working bipartisan. Nope. Instead, what he's doing is he's, he's blaming and lecturing. He's blaming everybody. This is a guy that blames people for everything. On voting rights, for instance, like Mitt Romney, he says he never even received a phone call from this White House. Why well, not? I like Mitt Look, Mitt Romney's a straight guy. He's a... Uh, and, Look, uh, I didn't have his number. One of the things I didn't have his phone number. I, I said, give me Mitt Romney. The, the phone rang and rang, and then it, they, it came to the... Uh, and I didn't call many Republicans. I'm not at home now. It, it, like the George Costanza message. That's what it was. Mitt is a serious guy. I think we can get... I said, Mitt, done. call me. I I call me. And then I hit the button. You ever do done. that where you start to leave a message and you hit the button, and then it says, record, re-record the message. I never know at the end, am I supposed to hit star? Or I just hang up. I just hung up, but I think I was supposed to hit star. I don't think Mitt ever got the message. Not turn the electoral process over to political persons who were set up deliberately to change the outcome of elections. Um, the uh, uh, Allison Harris, please. Who? Allison. 
Thank you, Mr. President. Speaking of voting rights legislation, if this isn't passed, do you still believe the upcoming election will be fairly conducted and its results will be legitimate? Well, say no. Say no. Come on. Uh, uh, whether or not we're able to make the case to the American people that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of the election. And it's one thing, look. Yes. Maybe I'm just being uh, too much of an optimist. You know, you, you realize what they're doing right now, the Democrats, right? They're sowing doubt about the next election. They're basically using this, and I and they they want their make no mistake. They want their quote unquote voting rights bills, which is not voting rights, but they want it, they want these things to fail so they can blame the historic losses they're about to get on the fact that these these bills did not get passed. They're already sowing doubt. They asked the question: you think the election will be legitimate? Well, I, 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 it depends. It depends. Remember how much trouble you get into if you doubt the 2020 outcome? If you if you say, oh, you don't think Biden's a legitimate president, you know, you're vilified, you're thrown out of your job, polite society will shun you. Biden's up there going, I don't know if things are going to, I, I can't. I, it's a simple question. Of course I trust the integrity of the election system, right? Isn't that what he's been saying? Nope. He's sowing seeds of doubt. And on Omicron and education, teachers are in, result in, so, in revolt in so many places. Parents are at odds over closing schools and remote learning. You say we're not going to go back to closing schools. You said that just moments ago. Uh, yet they're closing in some areas. What do you say to those teachers and principals and parents about school closings? And what can your administration do to help make up for learning loss for students? First of all, I put in perspective the question you asked. Very few schools are closing. Over 95% are still open. So you all phrase the questions when people, I don't think it's deliberate on your part, but you phrase the question when anybody watches this on television. My God, there must be all those schools must be closing. What are we going to do? 95% uh -oh, he's are still whispering. open. Number he's one. whispering. Number two, the idea that parents don't think it's important for their children to be in school, and teachers know it as well. That's why we made sure that we had the ability to provide the funding. That's why we gave the funds to schools who blew the money, and they still, the teachers' union still decided they wanted to keep a lot of schools remote, and we let them because we're in bed with the teachers' union. And that's why we also have the National School Boards Association and the Department of Justice work to silence parents and get them to shut up because we call them domestic terrorists. They scrub down. The I can answer these questions for all of them. And, and I mean, the laboratories kids go to to go to the bathroom. Yes, we know what a laboratory uh, cafeterias, is. Cafeterias, buses, etc. That all that money's there. There's billions of dollars made available. It's there. Uh, not every school district has used it as well as it should be used, but it's there. And so, in addition to that, there is now another ten billion dollars for testing of students in the schools. So I, I think as time goes on, it's much more likely you're going to see that number go back up from 95%, back up to 98, 99%. But the, the outfit... By the way, when you've got 5% of schools closed, that's a lot of kids in the United States of America who are not in a classroom. So, I mean, like, you know, you can do the percentage-wise, but we're talking about if those 5% are in major metropolitan areas, which a lot of times they are, actually most of the time they are, you're talking about a, a lot of kids here. I mean, as in tens of thousands, uh, maybe more, maybe maybe more of kids who are not in school. Um, uh, how about uh, 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 Jen Epstein, uh, Bloomberg? Come on, Jen. Give us something good. Thank you. Give us um, something good. 
Your top foreign policy advisors have warned that Russia is now ready to attack Ukraine, but there's still little unity among European allies about what a package of sanctions against Moscow would look like. If the U.S. and NATO aren't willing to put troops on the line to defend Ukraine and American allies can't agree on a sanctions package, hasn't the U.S. and the West lost nearly all of its leverage over Vladimir Putin? And uh, given how ineffective sanctions have been in deterring Putin in the past, why should the threat of new sanctions give him pause? Well, because he's never seen sanctions like the ones I promised will be imposed if he moves, number one. Number two, we're in a situation where uh, Vladimir Putin uh, is about to, uh, we've had very frank discussions, uh, Vladimir Putin and I, and, uh, yeah. and the idea that NATO and? is not going to be united, I don't buy. I've spoken to every major NATO leader. We've had the NATO-Russian summit. We've had other, the OSCE has met, et cetera. And so I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, et cetera. But if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border, it is going to be a disaster for Russia if they further invade Ukraine and that our allies... Do you realize we're at the precipice of war right now? We're at the we're at the precipice of war with this guy. He's so incompetent that right now we're looking at possibly World War Three. Think about that. He's saying it would be disastrous for Russia. We are threatening Russia. We are threatening World War Three. And because Vladimir Putin's not afraid of this guy, we may very well end up in war. It's great. Things are great. Everything's sunny. To the Ukrainians, the cost of going into Ukraine in terms of physical loss of life for the Russians, they'll, they'll be able to prevail over time, but it's going to be heavy. It's going to be real. It's going to be consequential. In addition to that, Putin has a, you know, has a, a stark choice. Uh, he either de-escalation or diplomacy, a confrontation of the consequences. And look, I think you're going to see, for example... Do you think Everybody Putin's afraid of this guy? He can't even say with a straight face to the camera, Putin, if you mess with them, I'll kick your ass. Like, he can't even say that. He, he's, he cannot even tell him that. That, that. that money that they earn from that makes about 45% of the economy. I don't see that as a one-way street. They go ahead and cut it off. It's like my mother used to say, you're biting your nose off to spite your face. Yeah, well, that'll get Putin. Like Listen, I think cliches like that will definitely get Vladimir Putin to back down, don't you? Hey, Vlad, you don't want to cut off your nose to spite your face, right? I'm going to call, you know, maybe that'll actually work. Maybe if Biden threatens to just tell Putin lecturing cliches from his mom all day long, maybe that'll get him to back down. Change his status. They didn't say they're going to do that. But they're talking about what, in fact, is going on and how outrageous Russia is being. We're finding ourselves in a position where I believe you'll see... It's that, one thing uh, if it's a minor incursion. <laughs> but if it's a major incursion into, into Ukraine, we're going to have a real problem. As long as it's a minor incursion, we're okay. They're not going... Their banks will not be able to deal in dollars. So there's a lot's going to happen. But here's the thing. They'll use Bitcoin. My conversation with Putin, and we've been, um, how can we say it? We have no problem understanding one another. He has no problem understanding me, nor me, him. And the, and the direct conversations were, I pointed out, I said, you know, you've uh, occupied before other countries, but the price has been extremely high. 
So as long as it's a minor incursion, Vladimir, all right? Like my mother used to say, as long as it's a minor incursion, not a major incursion. Major incursions are not going to work on my watch, all right? So if you're going to incur, make sure it's a minor one. Ten? What, what is that going to take? What toll does that take? It's real. It's consequential. I'll read you a tweet from Noah Rothman from MSNBC. Everything the president says after qualifying that the West might not respond proportionately to a minor incursion, ergo a second invasion of Ukraine, is noise. The Kremlin heard loud and clear what he said. Immediately, near term, medium term, and long term if they do it. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Um, uh David Sanger, New York Times. Thank you, Mr. President. I wanted to follow up on your answer there uh, about Russia and Ukraine. When you were in uh, Geneva in June, uh, you said to us uh, about President Putin, I think the last thing he wants now is a Cold War. Now, since then, of course, you've seen him gather these troops, 100,000 troops around Ukraine. Your Secretary of State said today he thought he could invade it at any moment. You've seen the cyber attacks, uh, and you've seen the demand that he have a sphere of influence in which you would withdraw all American troops and nuclear weapons from what used to be the Soviet bloc. So I'm wondering if you still think that the last thing he wants is a Cold War. And has your view of him changed in the past uh, few months? And if it has, and he does invade, would your posture be to really move back to the kind of containment policy that you saw so often when you were still in the Senate? The answer is that um, I think he still does not want any full-blown war. No, but a minor incursion. A minor incursion. Do I think he'll test the West, test the United States and NATO as... as, uh, Significantly as he can, yes, I think he would. I think somebody in the White House press corps just tried to pull the fire alarm to end this. This is bad. This is bad. Will cost him what it's going to cost him, and I think he'll regret having done it. Now, whether or not uh, I think that, uh, yeah, yeah. How can I say this? Uh, What did they write down for you? Public forum. What did they write down for you? Look at your notes. Look at your notes. I think that. He is dealing with what I believe he thinks is the most tragic thing that's happened to Mother Russia in that the Berlin Wall came down, the empire has been lost, the near abroad is gone. The Berlin Wall came down 50 years ago. has been split. Um, But think about what he has. Hey, hey, the 1980s called and they want their... Burning tundra that will not freeze again naturally. Oh, now he's blaming this on climate change. He's blaming this on climate change. Realize this now. Joe Biden is blaming Russia going into Ukraine on climate change. In the West. And so I'm not so sure that he has... uh, Yes? David, I'm not so sure he has uh, certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. And by the way... I've indicated to him the two things he said to me that he wants, guarantees on. One is Ukraine will never be part of NATO. And two, that NATO or the there will not what? be strategic weapons stationed in Ukraine. 
Well, we can work out something on the second piece, pretending what he does along the Russian line as well, the mm-hmm. Russian border in the European area of Russia. On the first piece, we have a number of treaties internationally and in Europe that suggest that you get to choose who you want to be with. But the likelihood that Ukraine is going to join NATO in the near term is not very likely based on much more work they have to do in terms of democracy and a few other things going on there and whether or not the major allies. Let me read you a decade in the life of a Russian hawk from Noah Rothman on Twitter. Uh, 2012, uh, he uh, blinkered uh, Cold War nostalgic. Number 2014, he was a warmonger and a provocateur. 2016, a patriot. 2020, a Democrat. 2022, warmonger again. Here we go. um, Offering some way out here, some off-ramp. And it sounds like what it is is at least an informal assurance that NATO is not going to uh, take in Ukraine any time in the next few decades. And it sounds like you're saying we would never put nuclear weapons there. He also wants us to move all of our nuclear weapons out of Europe and not have troops rotating through the old Soviet bloc. Do you think there's space for that there? No, no, there's not space for that. We won't permanently station, but the idea we're not going to, we're going to actually increase troop presence in Poland, Romania, et cetera, if in fact he moves. Because we have a sacred obligation in Article 5 to defend those countries. They are part of NATO. We don't have that obligation relative to Ukraine, although we have great concern about what happens in Ukraine. Thank you. Um, Maureen, uh, USA Today. Come on, Maureen, without a last name. Thank you, Mr. President. I want to follow up on your comment on uh, Build Back Better and also ask you a question about the pandemic. You said that you're confident you can pass big chunks of Build Back Better this year. Does that wording mean that you are thinking about, you're looking at breaking the uh, package up into individual portions? And uh, then on the pandemic, now that the Supreme Court has blocked the vaccination or test rule for larger businesses, are you con- reconsidering whether to require vaccines for domestic flights as a way to boost vaccination rates? Uh, no, look, uh, first of all, uh, on the... Can you only ask me one question at a time? I can't remember two questions. Can you just give me one? A mistake, but you still see thousands and thousands of people who work for major corporations having to be tested as a consequence of the decision made by the corporation, not by the standard I said that, that is there. I think you'll see that increase, not decrease, number one. What was the first part of your question? Yeah, right. What was the fight? What was uh, on your, your comment that you made that you're confident yes. that major chunks of Build Back yes. Better can pass? Are you breaking it up? Does that yes. Well, well uh, it's I mean, clear to me it's clear that, to me uh, that I can't pass the um, whole thing. So we're going to have to uh, uh, pass up uh, um, I think that parts we can of. Uh, guess, and I've been talking. Uh, what was the second part again? Remember my colleagues on the Hill. I uh? think it's, it's clear that we would be able to get support for the for the 500 plus billion dollars for uh, energy and the environmental issues that are there, uh, number one. Uh, number two, uh, I know that uh, the two people who've opposed on the Democratic side, at least, um, support a number of the things that are in there. For example, Joe Manchin strongly supports early education, three and four years of age, strongly supports that. Um, there is strong support for I think uh, a number of uh, the way in which to pay for these, uh, uh, pay for this proposal. This is bad. So I think this there is, is I'm not going to 
I'm not going to negotiate again myself as to what should and shouldn't be in it, but I think we can. I'm not going to negotiate with myself. As much as we can now and come back and fight for the rest later. Okay. Um, Ducey. Call him Ducey. Uh, Ken, Wall Street Journal. Ken. Ken. Ken, come on up, Ken. You're the okay, next contestant. On the- I wanted to ask you about the economy. As you said earlier, Americans are feeling the squeeze yeah. of inflation. Uh, oil prices have, have been at about a seven-year high recently. How long should Americans expect to face higher prices when they're at the grocery store, when they're at the gas pump? Is this something that they're going to see into the summer, into next fall? And, and separately, you, know, you talk about the importance of the Fed, but isn't that an acknowledgement that you're limited in what you can do if, you, if, if, if you're relying on the Fed to make decisions? Well, he's blaming the Fed is what he's doing, Ken. Let me just, while, while that's happening, let me just play for you this clip from earlier because I think it's really important. Um, Biden dismissing the legitimacy of the election. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Speaking of voting rights legislation, if this isn't passed, do you still believe the upcoming election will be fairly conducted and its results will be legitimate? Well, it all depends on uh, whether or not we're able to make the case to the American American people people that that some of this is being set up to alter the outcome. outcome. Let's think about that now. It all depends depends on whether or not we're able to make the case to the American people that some of this is being set up to alter the outcome. That's literally what he's doing right now, just so you know, is he's giving you a preview of what the talking points are in the war room. So what they want to tell the American people is, look, if um, if we can't pass these quote-unquote voting rights bills, which is nothing more than a federal takeover elections, uh, then we have to convince the American people that since we know they're not going to pass, the reason why they won't pass is because it's all being done to set a, to, to, to alter the outcome of the election. So then we can scream it's an illegitimate election. So we'll put these bills front and center knowing they can't pass. And then when they don't pass because they can't pass, then we can scream illegitimate election. Got it? That's Biden giving you a preview of what the strategy is going on in the war room right now, right now in, the, in the White House and the Democrat Party. Ooh, this is bad. Simply limited in what you can do to deal with inflation? Well, look... Uh, as you know, Ken, um, yeah, the inflation has everything to do with the supply chain. And uh, I think what you're seeing is that we've been able to make progress on speeding up the access to materials of third of the, co- of the uh, uh, increase in cost of living and its cost of automobiles. The reason automobiles have skyrocketed in price is because of the lack of computer chips. So computer we have the chips, capacity, okay. and we're going to do everything in our power to do it to become self-reliant on the big, computer big chips chip. that we need in order to be able to produce more automobiles. Talk about That's Hunter Biden's role in getting the, the chips for for China, so that China could have exclusive rights to be making those chips. As your son helped China find the lithium that they need and basically have a monopoly over it. Why don't you talk yeah, about that? For example, that one thing done, it can make a big difference in terms of the cost of the total cost of of living. Now, with regard to um, the whole issue of energy prices. Um, how Hunter Biden's firm helped secure cobalt for the Chinese. The president's son was part owner of a venture involved in the $3.8 billion purchase by a Chinese conglomerate of one of the world's largest cobalt depositories. The metal is a key ingredient in batteries for electric vehicles and also computer chips. Of their petroleum reserve to release more into the market. 
So that that brought okay. down the price. So he's bl- he's blaming the uh, again the oil prices not on the first thing he did as president on day one, which was cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. What he's actually doing, of course, is blaming this now on the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. He, he released some, and then gas prices went down twelve cents. And what happened? They went back up. If they went down twelve cents, and I didn't feel it, maybe you did. They went right back up because it's this is an issue of the United States not making enough oil, not producing enough oil. That's the reality. That's the place where most middle class people, work class people, get hit the most. They pull up to a pump, and all of a sudden, instead of paying two dollars and forty cents a gallon, they're paying five dollars a gallon. That's going to be really difficult. But so we're going to continue to work on trying to increase oil supplies that are available. And I think there's ways in which we can be of some value added in terms of the price of gas, natural gas and the like, to take the burden off the European countries that uh, are now totally dependent on, on Russia. But it's going to be hard. It's going to be very hard. But I think that wear we a have sweater. to deal with, for example... For example, like said, you have a circumstance you wear a cardigan, you know, we don't have to worry about too much about natural gas prices. Well, you know, one of the reasons for that is you don't have that many folks out there that are the ones that are got the big four controlling them all. Oh, here he goes. This is blaming so big meat again. You're going to see more and more. We're going to move on this competition. How long until Democrats invoke the 25th Amendment against him, you think? In and be able to engage I mean, he can't even articulate a point about energy prices without going back to a talking point much cheaper, blaming big meat. Uh, meat uh, than, uh, than exists now. But it's going to be a whole. Now, and as you, I assume the reason you said if I can't get Build Back Better is relates to what those uh, 17 Nobel laureate economists oh. said. That if, in fact, we could pass it, it would actually lower... Let me see if I can... While, while I'm listening to this rambling, I just want to share with you a couple of things. Um, so there's a, there's a sign behind Joe Manchin right now on the floor of the Senate, right now. It says the United States Senate has never been able to end debate with a simple majority. That's what's happening right now. Joe Manchin, and he's doubling down on this. That's what he's doing right now. Build back better peace. Wow. Better things that they're paying a lot of money for now. If you get to trade off higher gases, you're putting up with higher price of hamburgers and, and gas versus whether or not you're going to have to. You know what this sounds like the most boring for, uh, education eco- economics um, professor, doesn't it? Talking about the price of hamburger meat and gas as opposed to what his policies can do about those things. And he won't take responsibility for what his policies have done by driving up the cost of energy by limiting the supply. The United States is down in our production of oil. The Cato Institute found over 10% less to oil. Begin lifting some of the tariffs on Chinese imports, or is there a need for China to... to make do on some of its commitments in the phase one agreement. Some business groups would like you to begin raising, uh, lifting up those uh, tariffs on China. Well, I know that, and that's why my trade rep is working on that right now. The answer is uncertain. It's uncertain. I'd like to be able to be in a position where I could say they're meeting the commitments. Oh, you're not going to stand up to China. Who are you, who are you kidding? This is what Biden said earlier regarding Putin and Ukraine, just in case you missed it. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. My guess is he will move in. There we go. The Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said that the midterm elections are going to be a report card on your progress on inflation, border security, and standing up to Russia. Do you think that that's a fair way to look at it? And if so, how do you think that report card looks right now? I think report cards can look pretty good if that's where we're at. But look, the idea that uh, Mitch has been very clear. (laughs) He can do anything 
to prevent Biden from being a success. I, I, and I, I get on with Mitch. I actually like Mitch McConnell. We like one another. But he has one straightforward objective. Make sure that there's nothing I do that makes me look good in the, in the mind, in his mind, with the public at large. And that's okay. I'm a big boy. I've been here before. But the fact is that I think that the uh, I'm happy to debate and have a referendum on how I handle the economy, whether or not I've made progress on. When, look again. What? How can I? I'm, I'm taking too long answering your question. Yeah, you I are. Apologize. Well, you're trying to eat up the clock. They got to four o'clock, so I think he just completely forgot what he was saying. The, he just completely forgot question. what he was saying right now. Yes, What's Mitch Four. What's he for? He's for stopping you trying to destroy the for? filibuster. What's he proposing? He's, sto- he's for stopping dinner. you What's on destroying the Dealing Senate, the same Russia. rule that you defended passionately for years and years and years, the filibuster. That's one thing he's for, stopping you. What's he for on these things? What are they for? So everything's a choice. A choice. I think, they did. look, I've laid out a proposal on immigration that if we passed it, we'd be in a totally different place right now. But we're not there because we don't have a single Republican vote. My buddy John McCain's gone. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it's going to take time. You can't and again, even... I go back to... Go ahead. I, I go back go to Governor Sununu's quote. Oh, here we go. How long? You know, I mean, while, while uh, he... Rhetorical question. Goes back to Senator Sununu's quote. Let me uh, share with you a couple of other things because this is just painful. Uh, there was this fake news story, and the left jumped all over this. And Justice Neil Gorsuch and Justice Sonia Sotomayor had words over the fact that Justice Gorsuch was not wearing a mask. Okay, they had this back and forth, back and forth, and the the it was not true. It was fake news. They both came out and said it was fake news. Both justices came out and said fake news. Do you want to hear some of the left piling on? Justice Gorsuch over this, over this fake news report. Here's Chris Hayes. Court sources told NPR that with the Omicron surge, Justice Sotomayor did not feel safe in close proximity to people who were unmasked. Chief Justice John Roberts understood that and, quote, asked the other justices to mask up. As you can see in the court sketch, Justice Gorsuch, who sits next to Justice Sotomayor, was the only one to refuse that request. NPR reports Gorsuch's continued refusal to wear a mask has also meant Sotomayor has not attended the justice's weekly conference in person, joining instead by telephone. So you could say that the lack of some sort of rule on wearing masks with Chief Justice Roberts could have enforced on the court uh, is an occupational hazard for Justice Sotomayor's changed her workplace, made it less safe, puts her health in danger at her place of work. And it just so happens the argument the court heard on the first day back after the holiday break were about vaccine or testing mandates and whether the danger of catching COVID counts as an occupational hazard. Keep in mind, in addition to Justice Sotomayor participating remotely, two of the lawyers arguing for blocking the mandates were doing so by phone. Why? Because they tested positive for COVID. And the court thought, huh, probably should. Anyway, the whole thing was fake news. This is uh, Nicole Wallace uh, bashing Justice Gorsuch. Here we go. 
Another lefty jumping on this. Tragically, anti-mask insanity has now reached the highest court in the land. That's based on brand new reporting today from NPR, which reveals new fissures opening up among the justices during one of the most consequential years for the court in recent history. The reporting zeroes in on a jarring site earlier this month when the justices took the bench at the height of the Omicron surge, all of them wearing masks except for Justice Neil Gorsuch. Justice Sotomayor, who instead participated remotely from chambers, the NPR report explains, quote, Sotomayor has diabetes, a condition that puts her at high risk for serious illness or even death from COVID-19, and she did not feel safe in close proximity to people who were unmasked. Got it. Uh, it was all it was all fake news, all fake news. NPR reporter fumes over the Supreme Court statement, which said the following, quote, I, I'm surprised at how many Supreme Court correspondents I admire are passing along a statement from two justices that is at best false without any context whatsoever. Reporting that Justice Sotomayor as Justice Gorsuch to wear a mask surprised us. It is false. While we may sometimes disagree about the law, we are warm colleagues and friends. Gorsuch and Sotomayor said about NPR's report. They all jumped on it. They all jumped on the fake news. By the way, Biden just laid the seeds again, again, to uh, to doubt the election outcome by saying that if McConnell and the others don't pass election, his quote unquote voting rights, we'll see if Republicans then are trying to do things that will, you know, try to undermine the election. So he's again, he's still he's laying the seeds for when he gets shellacked in midterms to say that the Republicans cheated. That's what he's doing right now. Let's see where he is right now. Party where they're unwilling to take any vote contrary to what he thinks should be taken for fear of being defeated in a primary. Oh, he's bringing up Trump again. I've Trump's not president. five Republican senators talk to me, bump into me, quote unquote, or sit with me, who've told me that they agree with whatever I'm talking about for them to do. But Joe, if I do it, I'm going to defeat it in a primary. We got to break that. It's got to change. I don't believe that. You think five people would tell him that? Oh, I'm not being solicitous. You're all bright as hell, well informed, more informed than any group of people in America. But did any of you think that you get to a point where not a single Republican would diverge on a major issue? Not one. Anyway, those five Republican senators are sure. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I made them up. I can't I, uh, think of name. I, I can't I, remember I names of real senators. Come on. But I'm sure you've spoken to some. <laughs> uh, on voting rights, sir, yes. at your first press conference 10 months ago, I asked you if there was anything you could do beyond legislation to protect voting rights. And at that time you said yes, but I'm not going to lay out a strategy before you and the world now. Now that legislation appears to be hopelessly stalled. Can you now lay out your strategy to protect voting rights? Well, I'm not prepared to do that in detail in terms of the executive orders I may be able to Don't you love how the media goes right along with it by calling it voting rights? Don't you love that? We have we have significantly beefed up the number of as opposed to them saying it was it's a federal takeover of elections, which is what it is. They love the talking points. The, these these unconstitutional efforts, in our view, unconstitutional efforts on the part of the Republicans. Oh, the, I need to I need to skip ahead here. I fell behind a few minutes here, and um, let's see what he's saying right now. United States, 
as well as a negative impact on the economies of Europe as well. A devastating impact on Russia. And so I got to make sure everybody's on the same page. As oh, he's back long. to saying that as I long as Putin doesn't do a, a major incursion. Is, okay. Where there's Russian forces crossing the border, killing Ukrainian fighters, etc. I think that changes everything. But it depends on what he does. Is actually what extent we're going to be able to get. All right, let's see what else I can give you while he's as a, as a. So you know, so, so the media fell for the fake news about the Justice Gorsuch, Sona Sotomayor thing. It was not true. Are making any progress? If you still think it's possible to reach a deal for both sides to resume compliance with the Iran nuclear deal, or if it's time to give up on that? Thank you. I'll do it in reverse. It's not time to give up. There is some progress being made. The P5 plus one is on the same page. But it remains to be seen. Um, okay. Uh, Do see. NBC. Um, very quickly on Russia, um, I do have a number of domestic policy issues, but on, on Russia very quickly. It seemed like you said that you have assessed, you feel as though he will move in. Has this administration, have you determined whether President Putin plans to invade or move into Ukraine, as you said? Look, um, the only thing I'm confident of is that decision is totally, solely, completely a Putin decision. Nobody else is going to make that decision. No one else is going to impact that decision. He's making that decision. Yeah, and you know what he's, he's, what he's not doing when he makes this decision? He's not basing it on anything that Joe Biden is doing to stop him. That's the truth. He's not, because he's not worried about and the president. He's not. I, and I think we can figure that out by now, by this entire press conference filled with weakness. As to exactly what he's going to do. And I think it is... Okay, Joe Biden also just said, I missed this here. This is, he was asked the question of, will fully vaccinated change to include a booster shot? This is probably something you've been wondering about. The definition right now. I'm following what the... The answer is yes, get the booster shot. It's all part of the same thing. You're so there you go. Protected. So fully vaccinated is going to change to include a booster shot. All right. I mean, I think we all kind of figured that was going to happen. Um, but there you go. All right. I don't know how much more of this I can take or you can take. I don't even know if you're still listening right now. Are you? Why would you at this point? I'm trying to bring you all this uh, to this, to, you know, bring this to you. But Biden falsely claims that the $5 trillion Build Back Better bill will cut the deficit. It will not cut the deficit, of course. That is a lie by the president. It's not going to cut the, de the deficit, but he said that today too. Um, this is really bad. This is a this is a this is a bad press conference from a failed president. I don't think this gives Democrats any confidence that he's going to turn things around. I don't think it it gives Democrats any confidence that this guy can that he's coattails. I mean, if I'm a Democrat right now, I'm running. I'm running as fast as I possibly can away from this. I really am. I mean, I, I'm running faster than Corn Pop ran from the pool that day when Bill Wrightmouse came out with the chains. You know what I mean? That's what I'm doing. I'm getting away. I can't, you know, there's not much more. All right, look, whatever else happens, I'll give it to you tomorrow in the in the, in the the morning show. I, I can't. I can't do this. Anymore. You can't do this. He's just repeating himself anyway. I was hoping to get a deucey in there, but maybe we'll get the deuce tomorrow. So some takeaways from today. The election's going to be uh, fugazi. <laughs> uh... Russia can do a minor incursion, and then they won't get in trouble. Your uh, Jefferson Davis and Bull Connor still, if you disagree with him. And we're going to have to break up Build Back Better into chunks because we can't pass the whole thing. All right? I think that's basically the, the summation for you. I think that's what it is. And now he's rambling about something about the consequences of Russia. And he says, I don't think he's made up his mind yet. I, 
I don't, I don't, I don't think Putin's made up his mind. Well, if he's watching his press conference, he's made up his mind. <laughs> he's thinking I'm gonna do whatever I want because you're not gonna stop me. It's so nice. I think it's so nice too to be thinking about the fact that we might be on the precipice of war. Really nice. All right, have a great rest of your day today. Thanks for putting up with this. I do this so you don't have to. But hopefully, my commentary was better than just listening to it. <laughs>